Hi everyone, welcome to the Landlord Association podcast. I'm your host George Gao. This is a podcast by the landlords for the landlords in the Greater Houston area. We'll discuss tips, strategies, techniques to help our listeners to be more educated and ultimately become more successful rental property owners and investors. Today, we have Trista Carr from SunUp Insurance to talk about some common issues related to property insurance, including flood insurance, cash value versus replacement value policies, umbrella insurance, and commercial property insurances. Some of our listeners may be familiar with Trista because she helped underwrite policies for many of our investment properties. She was introduced to me by Nancy Zhang and Jimmy Lam, who, will hear, who you will hear referred to in this episode. You also hear how her passion of helping others really keep her grounded and motivated through difficult situations. Before we begin, I would also like to thank Ben Sound for providing the great intro music. And check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash landlord association. And leave us a comment. And if you like the show or find the content helpful, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitchers. It will really help us spread the word and we would very much appreciate it. Thanks again and for listening. Without any further ado, here's my conversation with Trista Carr. Hi, Trista Carr. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, thank you for joining us in the, the Landlord Associated Podcast. Uh, we're very excited to have you. It's absolutely uh, my pleasure. I'm excited. Yeah. So I know, you know, we know each other for, for about a year, and uh, you wrote the, all the coverages for my, my properties, mm-hmm. and... Uh, um, we had a great experience, um, you know, with you so far. I just want to bring you in and tell us, our listeners, more about uh, your the different types of insurance that's possible out there. Absolutely, yeah. yeah it's a pleasure to be able to help you and look at your coverages when we met. I think we met two or three different times to look at it and and to make sure, hey, you should be covered here and you're not. So let's take a look at it. So it was a pleasure. Right, and before that, you know, for me, I had uh, different types of carriers that I went through. You know couple of different uh, carriers and on my own so it was kind of all over the place so it's kind of helpful to have that one person take a look at it and say here's where your lapses are here's the you know different type coverage types you had and you know this is how we get more synergies and improvements uh, with one you know set of eyes yeah uh, it's better I, th- I always encourage people when you have multiple policies have it all together because mm-hmm. then it makes it easier for you it makes it easier for the insurance person to yeah. kind of take a look at it and they they know you well enough to know, like, okay, I know this about this client, so I need to make sure they're protected. And yeah. As a trusted risk advisor, it's our job to make sure that we're protecting your assets. And so it's harder for us when you have a couple policies here and a yeah. couple policies here, but when it's all together, we can take a look at it and we can kind of see as a whole and how to make sure that we're properly protecting you. Okay, good. Um, before we get started, just tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh you know, how did you get into the insurance industry and where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. So I was a stay-at-home mom for nine years. Um, my husband was always the one that was working. And I did a full-time industry as well. But it was just something, it was like an itch in me to get back into the, not so much the corporate world, but get back into the working world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I had been burned out a little bit with four kids um, and just they were all at home and homeschooling them. So we had made a decision to put them into school. Um, and then for me to just kind of explore and see what was out there. I never in a million years said think that insurance would be something that I would see myself doing. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I looked at insurance as like, oh, every month I have to pay insurance and I don't <laughs> even use yeah. it, right? It's not something that's tangible for me, you know? And so 
Um, I was just searching online for different job opportunities and I had done lots of administrative assistant work and so the position at the Todd Wright Allstate Agency came up that it was an admin position. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to have my insurance license. It just, yeah. you know, and I was like, well, what the heck, let's do it. And I applied for it and I just kind of shut the laptop and I was like, we'll see where this goes. Yeah. Um, the very next day I got a phone call and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> do I really see myself in insurance? And um, eventually got hired like two weeks later and started um, <clears throat> from the ground up and, and answering phones and doing very little with policies because yeah. I didn't have my insurance license. So yeah. I couldn't do very much. I couldn't make changes, things like that. But as I was there and as I got to see the others in the office really making a difference in people's lives, especially when they called in and there was an accident or something like that, and really listening to them and helping them, I realized, man, this is something that I really could see myself doing. Um, and so eventually I went and got my license and passed my test and then was on the service side and servicing existing customers as well as doing marketing because that's my passion is marketing. Um, and then about a year after that, my boss sat me down in his office and he's like, you, I think you should go to sales. And I fought him really hard. Because <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not that type of person. Right. I'm service at heart. I'm not a salesperson. He's like, this is something that's in my gut and I just can't keep you know, pushing it down. And so I was like, I'll do it as long as you promise me such and such and such. And so we made the commitment and the promise and I was like, I'll give it all. Mm-hmm. And then it, the rest is history. I just went into it <clears throat> loving to sell the product, loving to not just sell it, but making sure that every single day that I was doing my job to the best of my ability to make sure that the people that I talked to, they're most important things that they've worked so hard for is covered right. and I really took the approach is that every single person that I talk to today very well might need the policy that I'm talking to them about tomorrow so I want to do right. my best and so and now it's now I'm about to open up my own agency so right. I started from the bottom all the way to the top so yeah so uh, we talked a little bit before we started about differences being in an Allstate insurance uh, agent versus where you're now you're independent, um, have more uh, different carriers you can go to. Just tell us, you know, why did you go to, to this route uh, to being independent and what do you see the benefit you can providing to uh, like property owners? Absolutely. So, and so captive market is really great. I'm very thankful for the foundation mm-hmm. that I received with Allstate um, just because they had great teaching, they had great um, education programs they have they Allstate is a really good product right. I, I personally have Allstate um, for for my home for my auto for everything like that um, but I, what I found out more and more helping people especially investors mm-hmm. is that I was really limited to helping them because either Allstate's prices weren't competitive and so I wasn't able to close the deal mm-hmm. um, or there was just better policies out there or better coverages that you know and so or or I'll say wouldn't write it and mm-hmm. so then I had to go to our expanded market which was very few um, and I felt like I was limited and at times I felt like my hands were behind my back to where I, I would be frustrated because I wouldn't be able to help the person that the way I knew they needed to be helped and the yeah. way that I wanted to help them and so that's really when I started taking the route of if I'm gonna do this my main thing is making sure that every day I help people. Yeah. Um, and so that's really what helped me choose the independent because now I can shop your rates, I can look for better coverages, I have more opportunities um, to ensure that our customers are properly covered. Right. 
Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so one of the first questions I had when I first met you is, you know, I didn't know the difference between uh, a cash value type of policy versus a replacement mm -hmm. uh, value policy. Uh, just kind of go over with us, you know, what's the difference and why should, you know, landlord pick one or another? Yeah, so replacement cost is that's taking into consideration, like, if the house was to completely burn down mm. and you had to build it from the ground up. And it's taking into consideration how much is it going to cost to replace this, mm -hmm. and so and they and they add in or they add in um, a, a little bit of a comfort zone because you know things happen like Hurricane Harvey. What happened during that time? Lots of homes were destroyed, and so you saw prices of drywall going up, and so they they give you that little buffer in there with the replacement cost, whereas actual cash value it takes into consideration depreciation. So for car insurance, when you have a car. Um, accident, it, it's taking in a uh, uh, actual cash value, so it's taking in depreciation. You know, the moment you buy that new car, you drive it off the lot, you immediately lost so much money yeah. just taking it off, and so that's the kind of the difference. I would never recommend insuring a home at, at actual cash value because, well, God forbid, something happened and you're getting depreciation value, and so. Now the home should cost one hundred and thirty thousand dollars to rebuild, but now you're getting eighty. Where are you going to get the rest? That's going to come out of your pocket. Right. That's the whole reason for insurance is so that it can make you whole again, not so that you can gain from it, but that you can be whole. Yeah, I mean, you see that a lot of the houses in the Houston area are built in the fifties, sixties, seventies. So by the time you know, if you had a fire damage, um, and they say the house is uh, worth ninety thousand, by the time they take all the depreciation, you might you might only get like fifty thousand. Exactly, yeah. and then you're out of pocket, and then right. and then you wonder, well, why did I have insurance in the first place? Right. So, well, the premium may be a little higher, but I think it's worth the cost to, to think about. The premium is going to be a little higher because you're yeah. getting replacement costs versus actual cash value. Yeah. But when you weigh that out and you take the consideration of how much it's different, it's worth it, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, what are some other mistakes that you commonly see uh, investors make? I see, you know, whether it's you know, fix and flippers or people um, sometimes have LLCs. They, you know, they don't put things in the LLC name instead of their personal name. Mm -hmm. Are those kind of the things that you, you kind of talk to people about when you first meet them? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I talk to them about, you know, is it in their name? Mm -hmm. Is the property in their name? Because if it is, then we have to have a little bit of a different conversation. We have to start talking about umbrella policies and mm -hmm. things like that because um, you can be sued and then the, all your assets are open to be taken. Yeah. You know? um, they can garnish wages in the state of Texas. They can't actually take your check, but as soon as that hits your account and becomes liquid cash, they can garnish it. They can take any secondary or third other properties that you have. They can't. They can put a lien against your primary home. Mm -hmm. And so. I really sit down and talk to them. How is this property listed? Is it in an LLC? If it is, then how is it protected? Is it in your personal name? Mm -hmm. Then we need to have a different conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and so those are typical ones. The other big thing I see is sometimes with flips, um, people will call in asking for a vacant policy. Um, and then I have to, it's my job to ask those questions. Why is it vacant? Is it mm -hmm. vacant because you haven't found a tenant yet? Is it vacant because you're going to be selling it. Is it vacant because you're going to flip? And lots of times I hear, well, we're going to flip it and then sell it. Mm -hmm. Well, a vacant policy isn't the type of policy that you want. Mm -hmm. You want a builder's risk policy because that's going to cover for it to be during the course of construction. Anything can happen when it's construction. 
And so you want to make sure that you have that good conversation with that insurance person that you're speaking with so that they have a good understanding how to properly insure you. Yeah. So on a vacant uh, policy, will they deny you coverage? They find out like you had a... They can. Yeah. So that's a big risk. Yeah, they absolutely can. And it can come back. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things that can happen. And, you know, with auto insurance, if you have somebody on there that's not supposed to be on there, mm. if you're driving the car and you're not supposed to, they yeah. can deny that. And then now, now that opens you up to be sued. And we live in a sue-happy country where <laughs> yeah. people sue people for anything and everything. And so um, now I, that's why I really take what my title is as a trusted risk advisor to heart because it's my job to make sure that you're properly protected. I don't sleep well if I know that somebody didn't do it. And I've had people in the past that are like, no, nope, I want it this way. And I document it because <laughs> I'm like, no, because it's going to come back one day and you're going to want to know. And here's the conversation that we had. And so right. I don't sleep well when they don't do that. Yeah. Because I, that's my job to make sure that you're protected. No, absolutely. That's helpful. And so, so if I had a property that's going to have a tenant turnover, like mm-hmm. say June, we know that they're going to be out, but then it's going to take me three months to fill it with another ba- uh, uh, tenant. Mm-hmm. Do I need a vacant po- uh, policy in between then? or? That's a good question. And what I would say at that is call your insurance because different mm-hmm. carriers are different. So okay. if it's set up as a tenant policy and there's a tenant and you know that there's going to be uh, in June, they're, they're leaving and then it might not take until you know October to get it filled, mm-hmm. call them because there's grace periods in certain policies that are built in to where you don't have to switch it to vacant and then go back to tenant because that's a lot of hassle. Um, and so there's a, there is a leeway to a time frame to when you have to get a tenant back in. So okay. reach out to your insurance person and ask them, hey, this is the policy you have, this is the situation. They're going to call underwriting guidelines and find out, and then they can relay that back to you. Gotcha. Okay. And I know, um, for at least for my, some of my policies, I have a loss of rent clause mm-hmm. in there where if there's a fire damage or a theft, the, the property was damaged, uh, the policy can kind of cover the period of time or, or 10 to 12 months, say, mm-hmm. you know, for your property being rehabbed. Um, does that apply to like when a tenant move out and they, they damage the property uh, while you, you're fixing it up or is that or only for major uh, like fire damages? Some policies will do that. A lot of them don't. That's really just due to a named peril. Now, okay. if it, the loss of rent is normally always due to a named peril. Okay. Why did the loss of rent happen? Was it fire? Was it theft? Was it you know, things like that. You can get that added protection for a tenant, and that's why I always recommend, you know, especially um, <clears throat> I recommend, you know, making sure you have the proper liability limits on there mm-hmm. because a lot of times, again, it goes back to what I said earlier, we're a happy country. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, just that that would be with the, the carrier that you have and checking the underwriting, um, but it's good to have that loss of rent as I know that you had a claim. That's right. And, and it was a big claim, and there was loss of rent because it delayed you getting a tenant in there. And yeah. So, and that's income for you. Right. And the, the reason, we, and we talked before I made that claim is, you know, it was uh, kind of a sizable claim that where it's bigger than de- my deductible. Mm-hmm. Um, but whereas if it was a smaller kind of a theft situation, I might have, may not made that claim. I think it, because it does play into your future premiums and mm-hmm. uh, it goes on your record for the, for the insurance companies. Is Absolutely. That- and so what I always say to anyone that I'm talking with that's my customers, give me a call before you file that claim. Right. You know, especially if it's home and you think that it's your roof and you know 
go get an estimate by the roofer first and see what it is. And then let's come back and say, what's your deductible is? Mm -hmm. What is this? If it's under your deductible, they're not going to pay out anyway, so there's no point. If, and then we can make a decision together, ultimately with the customer leading the way because it's their property, but they, you can make a more guided decision with the direction of your insurance advisor. So I always say call us first um, because you don't want to open up a claim and then have a zero payout because it's still held against you. Right. So you don't even call them. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to open a record and which is going to kind of be on your file for, exactly. for a number of years. Okay, and you touched on uh, umbrella insurance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was thinking about getting umbrella insurance too because I have property in my personal name, I have property in the LLC name. I mean, at what point do should I start thinking about, somebody start thinking about having umbrella insurance? Is it one property, two properties, or wait till you have 10 properties? I, I personally have just home and auto and I have an umbrella. <laughs> um, yeah. And that is because of the fact that I know again how society plays. And mm -hmm. so I have the highest liability limits that my auto policy will allow me. Mm -hmm. I have the highest limits for liability on my home. And then I have the umbrella policy that then kicks in, that comes in over and above what my limits are on my auto or, or my home. Right. And so I I encourage everybody to have it, um, especially when you have when you're getting into like investors and you have rental properties that are in your name. Mm -hmm. You want to have that protection. And rent our umbrella policies are so cheap. It's a year-long policy, typically between anywhere between two to four hundred dollars a year. Yeah. And so when you think about that, for like a million dollars. For a million dollars, no, exactly. Right. Yeah. And so when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, two hundred to four hundred dollars for the year, and God forbid you have to use it. Yeah. Now you have a million dollars of coverage, and you can sleep at night. You know, Todd, who was my agency owner when I worked at Allstate, he. Um, he has his home, he has his um, uh, his auto, and his little dog got out. A little five-pound Torini dog got out and attacked another little dog. dog. Not really attacked, but dogs being dogs and wanting to claim territory. Well, his neighbors were out there with their dog. It was actually the neighbor's parents. They were house-sitting, and the, the lady was elderly. She fell. She hit her head. She had to go to the hospital. Long story short, he's now being sued for a million dollars right? because of the little dog. And so I, whenever time I hear somebody have a dog, I'm like, you need an umbrella policy, you know? <laughs> just, you just never know. Nobody yeah. gets up in the morning and says, I'm going to be in an accident today. Or nobody gets up and says, oh, my tenant's going to sue me today or get hurt on my property today. You want to have that coverage in place. Right. You know, while we're not the Northeast, but, you know, Houston still have, you know, our own set of, you know, natural disaster and things like that. You never know when things are going to happen. And, uh, you know, it could be a broken handrail or it could be, you know, a sidewalk crack. And uh, this covers you for, you know, all your personal liabilities. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, when I lived in, really quick, my husband and I lived in Pennsylvania really quick, where I'm originally from. And we, um, we moved into a rental property um, for a couple months until we were about to buy. And the landlord was told several times, we told him there's a hole in the backyard. Well, he didn't listen, and so it was snowing in Pennsylvania. My husband had to go down into the basement because that's where the hot water tank was at. And my husband stepped in the into the hole and broke his ankle in two places. Wow. And so, now, we didn't sue the landlord. Mm. I don't like to sue people, things like that. But that is a perfect example of somebody could go and say, you were told several times to fix the hole. You didn't. Now I broke my leg. Because it wasn't like he deliberately stepped in it. There was snow. He, we didn't see the hole. He was mm. stepped in 
and bam, he cracked it in two places. Did he uh, offer to pay for the hospital bills? He did not. Really? <laughs> he did not. Well, you let him get away with well, it. We did, and we, it was only because we knew him prior. That's the only reason, but, you know, yeah. we, and we just don't want to go that route of suing people. It's not something that we want to do. Yeah, but unfortunately, not everybody's not as nice. like that. Yeah, so you can't just take that risk. No, you want to err on the caution of, yeah. you know, uh, I probably could get sued one day, so. Right, yeah. Especially now, I mean, there's you, hospital bills can go up to like tens of thousands of easily. Yeah, I mean, yeah. an ambulance bill is, you know, crazy amount of money, and they're just transporting you five miles down the road. And so you can easily max out limits and things like that. And people are, are crazy sometimes. So. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and you also uh, cover uh, commercial properties too, mm-hmm. right? We do. Okay. Yeah. What's a typical, uh, do you cover like just a, a, garden style apartments or do you cover like hotels and yeah there's a lot of different carriers again mm-hmm. that's one thing that i'm really excited about being an independent is because when i was captive it was limited to what we could do um, working with jimmy sometimes he was like i have this i'm like i can't cover that you know yeah. or or i would try and it would take me two to three weeks and then going through multiple layers of jumping through hoops now to come back and be like no we can't we won't take that risk and so um, I'm excited because now I have more doors and more opportunities um, to do. I just did a church building, mm-hmm. which I had gotten it right at the end of my time with Allstate, and Allstate wouldn't write it. And then it took me three days, independent, and I was able to close the deal and save the customer money. Okay. And so, and he was super excited, and he was like, thank you so much. I'm like, no, thank you. And so, um, and commercial does take a little bit longer because there's a lot more risk, and there's mm-hmm. a lot more um, questions than the typical you know, how many stories is the home, things like that, when it comes to personal versus commercial. So it's a little bit more in depth. So I always tell our customers, give me a little bit more time because it's gonna take some time, the turnaround time. Yeah. Um, Because a lot of times you send it out to the broker and you think you've answered every question and then they come back and they come back with an email that's like 12 more questions. You're like, why didn't you tell me that before? But you don't know until you start uncovering and what is the purpose and why do you have this and, and what kind of building is this and what type of policy do you need? Types of things like that. Yeah. So when an investor go out and look at a property, at what stage should they con- start contacting an insurance agent? When they get under contract, is that when people start? Uh, Typically, when they get under the contract, yeah. um, unless there's like underlying questions. Um, I know there was one um, that Nancy had given me when we first started, and I had to search high and low mm-hmm. um, because it had aluminum wiring, and very few carriers will take that. You know. Right. And so I had to search, and so that was one thing that came down to: um, are, are we going to purchase this property or not? Can we get coverage? Type of thing like that. And so, um, if there's underlying questions or issues, sometimes a lot of times um, they will text me and say, "Hey, is this in a flood zone?" <laughs> um, I say everything's in a flood zone, but it's a matter of what type of risk are you looking at? Are you in a zone X or are you in a zone AE? Because um, if you're in a zone AE you're probably going to flood more. Right. Um, and so they ask those questions, but I typically say the moment you're under contract, call me because then we can get it taken care of. We can put it to the future effective date to what we need it to do. Um, and then you can have that just checked off your list, especially as investors. You guys are going 1,000 miles an hour. And so, you know, with multiple properties at some times. So it's our job to make sure that it's as easy as we can get it for you. Right. No, we definitely appreciate the turnaround time. Sometimes yeah. we put you under. Um, 
um, speaking of the the church uh, policy, was it because they were moving from one carrier to another? Were they just shopping for better rates? They were shopping for better rates. Okay. Um, they had been with a certain carrier, very not happy with them, um, mm. no return calls, things like that. Mm. Um, and so um, that's why they switched, exactly. And so mm. they, they, they were coming up for renewal, and he was like, I'm done doing this. And so they were with them for a couple of years, so it wasn't like... It was a one-time thing and given them multiple chances and so and i knew the pastor semi and so he was like help me and so i was like absolutely and so we were able to get it um and it was a smooth transition and, okay. and it was really good clean cut for him yeah did that do they have a prior claims um they had a roof claim yeah okay. for hurricane harvey they actually had a roof claim well, i think everybody did yeah <laughs> <laughs> i had multiple claims <laughs> right um, but yeah, they had a roof claim. That was the yeah. only claim. Okay. Um, and their, their policy was a little bit, um, it wasn't just covering buildings. It was making sure, you know, when you're dealing with churches, you have to have certain type of liability coverages in there. You have yeah. to have pastoral liability coverage. Mm-hmm. You have to have different type of clauses in there. So that's why it takes a little bit of time because, you know, oh, we'll just cover the building. Well, yes, but then you have to cover the other things too. And it was a five-building policy. Okay. So. Uh, I ran into... Uh, issues before where there's three or four buildings mm-hmm. uh, so like let's say you cover for a million dollars for the whole policy does that million dollar get divvied up five ways between the five buildings or is it is a million dollars you can apply to one building um, it depends on how the policy is written like for instance with this church building mm-hmm. we had it broken down to all five buildings and then there was certain coverage okay. per dwelling coverage amount for each building and then there was a contents coverage for each building I see and then there was a um, there was a uh, like for the liability was something different and so it depends on the carrier I would recommend it that way because different buildings are different prices and dwelling coverages for each building is different so no that makes sense um, okay and uh, what do you think I, mean, I think you the one of the reasons I like working with you is you know um, you're always very prompt return phone calls and emails um, and I know you just came from a you know a background where we kind of started from you know from the ground up and you know know everything about like marketing and sales. Uh, what helps you get motivated, like you know, to to get started? I know there's like different things going on, and you know sometimes you have better days than others. What keep yeah. you grounded? And what keep, help you keep motivated? For me, it's two things. Um, for me, one is my faith. Yeah. Uh, I am a born again Christian, um, and. I that has always been my forefront and and because of that I have I live a life of serving people um, and so for me I look at it as I get to serve the people that I'm on the phone with I get to serve you with your policies it's not I'm not serving you you know food like people tend to think of it that way I get to ensure that you're protected and that motivates me I think of it as that like I said earlier and actually, at Allstate, I had a sign right above my desk, right where I would look every single day, and it said, um, believe that the person that you're speaking to today about the policy today very well might need it tomorrow. And so I've been able to um, take phone calls where I've cried with people on the phone. <laughs> They've lost things. Their uh, accidents. We had a customer that her husband got killed in an accident. And those are phone calls that, you know, and I get to listen to them and it's more than just selling a policy and just check, checking that off and saying done but I get to do that and then the second thing for me is my kids my family I get to show them hey mom has worked hard and that motivates me because my 
my kids, my, my oldest, my 11-year-old, she's like, Mom, let's go out and market together. And I'm like, let's go. And she's all about, you know, Mom, let's, let's put this business card right here, or things like that. They see me do those things. Yeah. Um, and now as an agency owner, my hope one day would be that I can eventually turn the agency over to one of them. Um, if that's their career path that they right. choose. Um, but just sending that legacy. So that motivates me. But really, the bottom line is helping people. Right. Yeah. No, that's great. And you can also uh, deduct your, uh, you know, you can pay them too. <laughs> help them uh, start a Roth IRA and exactly. at, a, at a young age. Get them oh, yeah, the... My kids definitely tell me. Like the first time Madison was like, Mom, let's get all your Allstate stuff. Let's go into the neighborhood. And we, so we did it. We put little door hangers on, on the doors. And when I was done, I sat down and she's like, um, you're forgetting something. And I'm like, what? She's like, um, do you think I work for free? I'm like, you're 11 years old. Like, Oh. But, you know, I had to pay her. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, they started, uh, I think, you know, I, when I, my, my kids too, you know, I try to educate them on the financial and business side of it too, and not just, you know, you know school teach them a lot of things, but the math and the English, right. but, um, you know, when I was growing up, nobody taught me anything about balancing checkbooks. No, and, no, I didn't know anything about that. And so when I turned 18, I, I was like, oh, let's just get credit cards now. And so I had like seven credit cards and I had them only, and I'm ashamed to say this, but because I like the outside picture of it, I was like, oh, this one has zebra print. Let's get this one. And then right. I would get the monthly bill. I'm like, oh, shoot, I have to pay this back, right? Yeah. And so, um, and I didn't understand and I went into debt. And then when I got married, my husband and I had to bunker down and say, okay, we're going to live like nobody's living right now. So that one day we're going to live like nobody's living. And so... We got ourselves out of debt, and we it was a hard road, but now I'm able to provide a lifestyle that I want my kids to, you know, be able to enjoy things and experience things. And so my son, one time, he wanted to come to me, um, and he wanted a new, I can't remember what he wanted now. And I was like, well, you need to put together something to tell me. So he put together a two-page business plan on why he thought he deserved this. I think it was like a PlayStation or something. Yeah. And he put together a two-page business plan on how... He would work for the money and how he would do this and why he thought he deserved it. And by the end, and he presented it to us. And by the end of it, I was like, okay, let's go buy it. Like, <laughs> hey, like, you deserve it. Yeah, you deserve <laughs> it because you put the time and the energy into it. Right, right. I think it really helped them, important at this stage, you know, to get get that started. I mean, they don't have to work for a lot of money or yeah. put a lot of time in, but just going through the steps and motions and see how their parents make money and it's not how it's earned and you know, how you can invest it in uh, yeah, those kids things. Yeah, are not going to be entitled. <laughs> Good, yeah, yeah. I'm like, the grass needs cut, go do it. <laughs> <laughs> you get paid, but you got to do the work. Exactly, you have to work yeah. for it. I, I don't, you know, my youngest, she's like, she's only four, so she doesn't understand. She's like, mommy, buy this. And I'm like, mommy, don't have no money. Yes, you do, get your card. I'm like, no, there has to be money on that card, child. So, you right. Know? So. Yeah, I mean, sometimes um, the society doesn't teach them all these Things until it's too late. So, exactly. yeah, so, so too much in debt. And right. <laughs> That's why half Americans probably you know don't have a savings account or oh, you know, no. things like that. So, uh, it's definitely uh, things I try to do. You know, uh, what I remember with my kids too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, great. Um, so, we just have a couple more. So, is there anything I left out that you want to mention? The only thing that I would say is flood insurance. Okay. And I'm passionate about it because I personally flooded in Hurricane Harvey. Yeah. And I was the one that was like, I talked to my husband. I'm in insurance. You would think that I would have a flood insurance policy. Yeah. And I said that we haven't flooded before. I don't need it. And we took six feet of water and we lost everything. 
and everything, our savings, we were saving because we were going to build a house, and that savings went to replenishing everything because FEMA doesn't help you the way that you would think. You know, they give you a very small amount of money when, you know, you're like, well, that doesn't even, you know, recover anything in one room, let alone multiple rooms that we had lost of furniture. Um, especially with investors when you have a landlord property. Even if you're not in an area that will flood, we just saw it with the recent floods mm -hmm. in Kingwood. There was I was watching the news and they said we didn't flood in Hurricane Harvey, but oh. yet they flooded with this just this six or seven inches really? of rain. Yeah. Wow. So you just never know. Yeah. And when you have a property that is a landlord property, so you have a tenant in there, you can and you can't call on FEMA to help you because they don't help you. Mm -hmm. They're like, uh, uh. They will help you for your primary home and that's it. And the amount of money that they're going to help you with versus, you know, flood insurance, if you have flood insurance, is, is just astronomically different. Right. And so flood insurance, I look at it the same way as an umbrella policy. It's a cheap peace of mind to know that, God forbid, we flood, I have coverage. And so for me, I have flood insurance because I'm like, I'm not going through that again. And if I do have to go through it, yeah. I'm going to be protected. Right. And so I would highly encourage flood insurance, flood insurance, flood insurance. And if you had, if a property hasn't flooded before, so it's pretty reasonable. Uh, it is. Price. If you're in a zone X, it's a pretty yeah. reasonable policy. It's yeah. not, it's you like know, it's five hundred bucks. Five hundred dollars now. Yeah. If it's a landlord policy, they add a two hundred fifty dollar surcharge okay. to it. Okay. Gotcha. Um, because you, as a landlord, you're only covering the structure of the home. And then I always encourage the tenants get your own flood insurance policy mm -hmm. because you're only then the flood insurance policy is only then covering the contents for the tenant. They're not covering both. Whereas on your primary, you're it's going to cover both contents and both structure because everything right. in the home is yours. Yeah. And so it's a cheap peace of mind, just like that umbrella policy. But it, there's just something about when that water is rising up, <laughs> you're just like, okay, this might be bad, but I'm protected. Right. No, that's absolutely it's huge, especially in our area. Um, so, but in, in, if you have flooded before, I guess the, the if you want to get a renewal for your property insurance, they probably require um, flood. It depends if you're in the AE zone. If you're okay. in the AE zone, then you're required, you know, the mortgage company's not even going to sell you the property without flood insurance because right. they're listed on there and they want to make sure that you're properly covered and that if there's a loss that they're going to be, you know, taken care of as well. And yeah. so... You have to get an elevation certificate. Um, and that's why a lot of times, like Nancy will say, what zone are we in? Because sometimes investors shy away from that because you have to get an engineer to come out and survey the property. And I can't even put together a, a flood quote with you for you until I have that elevation certificate because that is the numbers that I have to put in to say, okay, this is the price. Yeah. And so people tend to go to the zone X, which is considered, you know, you're not required to have it. But it's highly recommended. People say, oh, am I in a flood zone? I say, Everybody's in a flood zone. We live in a coastal area. We're in a flood zone. But it's just a matter of how much of a risk is it for you. Right. Perfect. All right. Um, so to wrap it up, uh, I have a couple um, fun questions for you. Okay. <laughs> so what do you do for fun uh, with your family? I know you have kids, so yeah. that probably takes a lot of your time. It does. Um, do you do anything else for fun? Um, we like to. My kiddos do or into sports, my oldest is into soccer, things like that. Yeah. We like to travel, we like to, we don't travel as much as we would like to, obviously, but we like to go to San Antonio or Austin or different places like that in the area and just take the kids and do fun things. Um, for me personally, without kids and without husband, I like to do my nails and go to the spa. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, relax. I like yeah. to relax as a mom. 
No. But, I, but that's fun for me. You need a little uh, me time. Exactly. Yeah, it's that, important. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Um, what was the last uh, movie or show you've seen? Uh, uh, Whether Netflix or in the movies? The last movie that I saw uh, is in the movie theaters right now. I don't even remember. I just saw it too in the vintage. I don't even remember. It's something they changed the, the girl. She was a high up executive and then she went to sleep and they put a spell on her and then she became little. And then oh, she, yeah, they, I don't think I've seen that one yet. She became little, and and basically she couldn't get big again until she started treating people nice and all that kind of stuff. Oh. And it was kind of funny, and then it was kind of like, man, just because you made it in society doesn't mean you are mean and things like that. And so right. it was kind of a fun little, it was me with a bunch of my girlfriends, we went out for yeah. the night, so... It's kind of reverse of the big from yeah, Tom Hanks. Yeah, it is. It's, it's yeah. the, the little big or something. I don't even know what it's called, but it's yeah. the reverse of that. The exactly. Tom Hanks movie. I, I, that was my one of my favorite movies growing up. Yeah. yeah it's funny. Uh, what's your favorite restaurant uh, so in Houston? It was Olive Garden before. <laughs> That's a good one. And Olive Garden's always been my favorite. Yeah. Um, and then, but my second favorite is uh, Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. That's always, uh, mm-hmm. I like their portions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Um, lastly, what was the last uh, Amazon purchase you had that really you thought was? My last Amazon purchase was a printer. <laughs> <laughs> I open my business tomorrow. My agency opens tomorrow. So I am a prime user. I, I invest into Amazon more <laughs> than I like to believe. I, my husband says I buy everything from Amazon. He's like, you're the reason all these stores are going out of business. I'm like, I can shop at home and it can come to my door and that makes it so much nicer. So yeah. that is um, my, probably my favorite. Uh, Amazon's my favorite store, basically, and I shop everything there. Yeah, I know. I We have about one or two brown boxes show up at our door randomly yeah. <laughs> every but week. So I, I, It's gotten to the point that my husband's like, I don't even ask you what you're buying anymore. It's just like, you got another Amazon package. <laughs> right. Nice. Um, so just to wrap it up, how do people find out about you how do people contact you yeah so I am uh, my agency is in the woodlands and um, we officially launched tomorrow as far as open doors tomorrow um, but you can call my office number or my cell phone number I give my cell phone number to everybody because sometimes it's much easier to reach me on myself you can text me and you can you know so my office number is uh, 936-206-7155 and my mobile number I'm from Pittsburgh, and I've never changed it. So it's 412-862-1512. Okay. And you can be reached at trista.car, C-A-R, at sunupinsurance.com. Perfect. Yep, that's okay. the best email for me. And it goes straight to my phone as well as my laptop. So I have, I'm always on. And the one big thing that we pride ourselves on at the agency is that we have 24-hour access to me. And um, <clears throat> I make sure that if you're calling I try to answer it. If there's times that I can't, I call you right back. There's been times where I've talked to Jimmy at 11 o'clock at night about a property, and you know I'm at home, but I know it's important to him. And sometimes I make myself flexible because I understand that you guys are going a mile a minute, and so it's maybe 11 o'clock at night is the only time that you can talk. Well, I make sure that I'm available. So. Well, I'm sure Jimmy appreciates it. We also <laughs> really appreciate it too. Yeah. So. Thank you very much for joining us, oh, and uh, best of luck with the new agency. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it so much. All right.